Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. your fight song. You guys all know that song. But this is your fight song. Worship. Worship is your fight song. Right? We sang God, he's the God who fights for me. You join the army. You join the fight by worshiping. You come into agreement with what he's already said doesn't make sense sometimes. Why did they walk around walls and sing and worship? God said to. <laughs> so what is he calling you to do? Be obedient. I'm supposed to say something, right? <laughs> then I'm reminded of Isaiah. When the glory of God and the train was so big that even the priests couldn't talk, that's where I feel like the glory of God is. And I want to say that you brought that glory 
with you. God made the appointment, and you said, all right, we're answering with a resounding yes, Lord. Uh, our theme for the church, our church this year, God told us to expect the unexpected. And uh, you are part of that unexpected. You brought that glory to us to give us the fuel and the fight. And I am blown away, thankful for all of you. From the front to the back, to the side, to the side, and everywhere in between. Listen, every single one of you, I don't care if you were up here or you were back there or wherever you were, every single one of you were an integral part of what God did this weekend and an integral part of what God's going to continue to do. Understand, when you leave, you're not leaving his presence. What you've experienced this week, what we've experienced this week, we're not. We've decided we're going to hold on to that. We're not letting this go. We're going to continue to move forward in that, and so you should as well. And what we know is that it's going to change our world for him. Amen? You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here and loving us so well and worshiping with us so well. And you kind of, I think they would all say, kind of gave us a little, you know, turbo boost. What we knew God was going to do, what he wanted to do, we get to see it manifest. We're so thankful. So I just want to give God praise because it's not any one of us. It's all God. It's all him. And it's also all him for purpose. Know that. Know that what we've experienced, what we're seeing and feeling and sensing right now is not just for right now. This is the new normal that God wants for us. That's why he sent Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit had to come so we could experience what we could experience in this moment. And, and he never leaves us, it says. He never forsakes us. And he will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, never forsake you. Even in the place you feel forsaken, can I tell you, can I remind you, God didn't and he won't. There are going to be times, as you well know, you're going to feel forsaken. Feelings are awesome. They are a gift from God. But they're not the barometer of who God is. It's not the measuring stick. The measuring stick is his word. And his word says, I'm here. I'm in you. I'm for you. You're more than conquerors. I've chosen you. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Don't forget it. Because there'll be a lot of voices that yell at you. I'm looking at the students, but you know what? You know what? Honest, the adults have a, just much of attack that way. And so no, adults, it's a lie. I've said this a lot at our church. The enemy, the devil, he is a liar. He's a liar, liar, pants on fire liar. He's nothing but a liar. So anytime he speaks, anytime he says anything, it's a lie. So when he speaks and he tells you this and that, you can say, you know what? I believe the opposite because the opposite is true because the enemy never talks truth. Grab that. Hold on to that. 
Yes, he's a, the enemy's a twister, a liar, deceiver, and he's an accuser. But if he's accusing you, it's a lie. It's based on a lie because Christ already took care of it. Over 2,000 years ago, Christ said, uh-uh, I got it. These are my kids. Amen? Amen. On the count of three, can we just say hallelujah? I mean, I, I'm, this is what I'm hoping. That I'm hoping that the uh, the cops are like, what is going on over there? I'm hearing yelling and screaming. I want them to know the Holy Spirit's here. So on the count of three, let's just say hallelujah. You ready? <clears throat> Maybe need <clears throat> All right. One, two. Are you really ready? We gotta really be like really ready because we're blowing the roof here. We're raising the roof. We're, what we're saying is that what's here is going out there. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Come on, give us praise! Hallelujah! You are king! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Yeah! Woo! 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 Lisa, you have anything else? <laughs> I know she said you got more? There's always more. Come on. <laughs> I, I was like, I keep. He's going to preach. He, Tom. Hallelujah. We have all day. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> do. I'll just reiterate something he shared last night, if you were the, the adults weren't here. Um, a while ago now, I had this revelation about the armor of God. And I think we often skip past the shoes. We, we like the sword. We like the shield but we kind of skip past the shoes. What are you what are the shoes? Yeah, a lot of people stop at gospel, but it's the gospel of peace. And when you are standing, what are you standing on? God's word. God's word. It is your foundation. If peace isn't your foundation, you will sway with everything that comes at you. If peace is your foundation, you will stand and you will stand firm and you will be able to fight from that place of victory. So, here's what I told a lady up in Minnesota when she told me her problems. I said, put your shoes on. Remember your shoes. Stand in peace. Peace has to be your foundation. God is peace. Amen. 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 Brother Tom, come on. Come on up. We're gonna we're gonna hear some more word. You ready to hear some more word today? Yeah. Amen. Hey, give our worship team a hand. They, Amen. 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 Amen.
Now I'm on. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Pastor Jason. Praise God. You guys don't need me. <laughs> I'm just... Okay, well, so we got to start out with confessions. Like, you know, I did this yesterday when we started, when I first started. Uh, what's Okay, I'm going to ask all the kids and see how much you guys listened. If you didn't, don't worry. I, when I was your age, I didn't listen either. So, <laughs> uh, what's the word? What, what do I not like to be called? Beautician. Call me anything but that. I do hair for a living. I own a salon in Minneapolis, um, and I'm having a bad hair day today. So forgive me, Lisa. I loved what you said, and I needed to add to that. Buy more pairs of shoes. Because if you know me at all, I remember we had a conversation. This was a few years ago now, where we were talking, and, and um, I said something to her about, you know, I've been getting better at controlling my spending. I haven't bought a new pair of shoes in like a month, month and a half. <laughs> the look I got was just classic. I don't think I think it had been a year or more since you had bought a new pair. Yeah, I was like, okay, so we're a little different. She is my sister, but um, unfortunately, she has to admit to that. With me also are my two daughters, Allie and Marina. Stand up. <laughs> Smile. Thank you. Um, and my wife and my youngest daughter, whose birthday is today. And when I called her last night, she's like, Dad, do I have to wait until you get home to open my gifts and my cards? <laughs> And being the loving, caring father that I am, I said, yes. <laughs> so she might be watching, so she is. She's like, would you just shut up and leave? <laughs> and that's actually what she would say, too. She's not bashful. Um, you know, I have to start with this, because me and Tara and uh, Tracy were talking about this in the back and on my way here or the past few months ever since they asked me or Tara asked me would you consider doing this would you be interested in, in, in speaking I said yes right away because I've been praying about being obedient to his word being obedient to him and trying to practice that more because it was something that I've been pretty good at but I didn't realize the areas I was missing and what I was missing because it's I was missing out on something he wanted to give me and share with me. And so in my prayer time and in my, my reading time, I was thinking about it. And one of the things that he gave me for a long time, I was like, okay, so what do you want us to do, Father, in, the, in our ministry time? What, what, what's our goal? He says, I'll tell you when you get there. And if you, again, if you know me, I'm cool with that because I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants. Got no problem with that. I don't need a plan. You know, I, we can leave tomorrow for Florida if you want. Cool. My wife, complete opposite. We need to have a plan, right? My 11-year-old, she wants to know, Dad, if we leave at 10, are we going to stop for lunch at 11.15 or 11.18? <laughs> we're going to stop when we're hungry. So I was asking him, and, and he kept saying, don't worry about it. it. We'll take care of it when we get there. Okay. So as time went by, he started to give me some ideas and some visions of what he wanted to see. And I want to share some of those with you, especially the kids. You're going to know what I'm talking about. 
One of the first things he said to me is, before the weekend is over, I want you to pray for all the seniors. I was like, oh, that's good, Father. That's good. Yes. Let's get the seniors. Get them anointed. I love that. Another one of the things that he said is, I want you to pray for the leaders. Okay. Cool. Something that I have not shared with Tracy or Tara is she also said, I want the kids to minister to everybody else. And, I, and when I was thinking about that, I had envisioned the kids up here, all up here, and then laying hands on people that needed prayer. Oh, he is so good. He is. And so, the first when we first started the first night, I and this is you just have to forgive me because I know it was before today. That's about all I know. I'm very tired. That's when you said, "You kids, you raise your hands if you want prayer." I'm back there. <laughs> Come pray for me. Um, what five minutes in? Tara's leading worship, and all of a sudden she says, where are my seniors? I want you to come up here. I'm like, cool. And all of a sudden, but I, I go, well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, and Hunter. Thanks. I forgot about Hunter's one here. Yeah. The prodigal son. Oh, I'd been thinking about that. That's one of my favorites. And you know, and I'm like, man, you know, the fact that he was looking for his lost son way out there. That means he didn't start, he wasn't, you know, oh, I wonder, I wonder if he's going to come back. Oh, I wonder, oh, let's see, is it time to feed the sheep? I wonder, no, 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 no. He was looking for him. So I had that whole, you know, like a, a present, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit this. And during praise and worship, Hunter grabs his phone and the microphone and says, tells the whole story of the prodigal son. And I'm like, now what am I going to do? And then I'm, when I'm talking about yesterday, we talked about trust a lot, right? And I'm thinking about that and I'm like, man, there's something that I'm missing. There's, we need to add something to this. And then me and my sister are over here yesterday afternoon sometime, and she talks about the shoes of peace. I'm like, there it is. And then God said to me, I was like, man, you know, what am I going to do? And he, and he says, well, Tom, you didn't need to do all those things. I was just showing you what my plan was. I was just showing you what I expected to happen. He didn't ask me to do it. Right? That's what your pastor's for. He sees a vision of what's going on in this church, what's supposed to happen. He's not supposed to do it all. You're supposed to say amen there really loud. <laughs> really loud. Yeah. A little tongue talking, a little, you know, whatever you need to do to get that point across. <laughs> He's not supposed to do it all. We are. Amen. Amen? Amen? And the other thing, when I was sitting here and my sister was talking and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, drop the mic, go home. Um, <laughs> drop the mic, Tracy comes up here. You don't want to mess with Tracy. <laughs> Yesterday when, when, when 
she was asked if she had a word. I'm standing up here kind of goofing around. I said, you can bring a brownie up here? And she comes up here, and that look in her face, I was like, I ain't messing with her. I'm staying over here. She's got the anointing to fight right now. I'm not messing with her. We have to understand that, and, and, and I am, for years I spent uh, public speaking and, and working for a hair color company. And so I was selling a product, right? And so people would listen to me because of my experience and all that. And, and so it was always about what I had to bring to the table. And I think that God has emphasized to me, especially this weekend, with the things that he's made me do, that, you know what, ain't got nothing to do with you. Yeah. You just have a voice. Yeah. So just say what I told you to say, even if it sounds wrong. And sometimes it is wrong. We're human beings. We're going to screw up. Look at the Vikings. Come on. You know, I'm a Vikings <laughs> fan. Come on. I'm used to disappointment. You know, yeah. Pray for me. I, you know, I mean, it's just, it, we mess up. It's okay. I think there's a few people in the Bible that messed up too. King David comes to mind. He had a couple of little hiccups along the road. Yeah, just, just little ones. He'd be in jail if he was in our world right now. He would never would have got out. Always remember, it's not about us. It's about him. The other thing I got while I was sitting back there is I heard the Lord say, tell them, kids, leaders, adults, everybody, when you're listening and you're hearing somebody speak and inside you're going, I could do that. I could talk about that. Okay. This is Pastor Jason. Tell him that. You got a testimony? It's pretty obvious you can share it. Right? Now you need to follow the channels. Right? Pastors, we have leaders for a reason. But don't be afraid. We said it when we talked about the leaders yesterday, the, the youth leaders. I said, the kids, talk to them because all of us have screwed up so many times. We can teach you a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and you can avoid some of this. So always, always remember, it's about him and what he's going to do. Right? So that was part of what he had told me. And I've been very good. I was on time for every. I was like, I was so excited. Um, I'm going to start my timer because he says, you know what? It's not about how many words you say. It's about being obedient to his spirit. There are services, and I'm sure you guys have had them, where you just keep singing and praying, and then, huh, well, I guess we don't need to hear anything else. We really don't, right? So I have a verse I want to start with, and it kind of goes on in with what Lisa was saying, and, and uh, it makes me feel really extra spiritual because I look up to her in that realm, and so when I can say something that ties into what she said, I feel like, you know, <laughs> stand a little taller. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, now I'm reading out of the Amplified, that peace which reassures the heart that peace reassures our heart which transcends all 
understanding. What is understanding? That's us, right? That's what we're thinking, our understanding. Correct? That peace which stands guard over our hearts. Stands guard over our hearts. Hmm. Oh, there's a second part to that. And your mind. Huh. Interesting. In Christ Jesus. And we know that that's the anointing and the anointed one. So what he's telling us is that we need to guard our heart. Right? We need to protect it. We need to be careful what we do with it. And peace, we just heard all about peace. We're standing on it. So if I'm truly going to trust, if I'm truly going to say, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I know that I know, we got to be standing on peace. We have to be established in what we believe, and it has to go beyond our understanding. It has to be in here, right? Does that make sense? Because our understanding sometimes says, I don't get it. I, I don't. It makes no sense to me. But if we are at that point where we say, you know what, Lord? I don't care if it makes sense to me or not. I know what you said. And I know what is right and what is true. And I'm going to think on those things. Right? Philippians 4, it talks about that. Think on these things. Things that are good. It's kind of like the love chapter in Corinthians. Think we walk in love. Well, that's really easy to say. But we need to think and focus our thoughts on what is good. Have we been under any kind of attack? And you know what? You guys just have to have faith because I had a plan. I didn't set my timer. I'm not getting in trouble, Lord. Lord, I told you I would. I'm doing it right now. You know how important discipline and obedience is? They're not words we like. They're actually swear words in the world right now. Commitment. <laughs> Dis uh, obedience. Discipline. We don't like them. Because we feel like, well, I know better than that. Why would I have to do that? I know better than that. You should listen to me. I know what it's all about. Boy, there's a lot of eyes in that statement. But on my way up here, um, and, and I'm, I, he kind of told me, he says, I got a few things I want you to say, but I want you to kind of go over your notes of what I had, that, what I spoke for the weekend, and he's going to just show me what he wants me to repoint out. And so we're starting with the way we started our first meeting. Because all the way up here, when I was driving up here, first you have to understand this is the discipline part. And my daughter was just pointing this out to me during praise and worship about how important discipline is. You know how incredible it is when you have a 19-year-old that's pointing out how important discipline is? <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. But I'm praying in the Spirit, and, and he said, you know, when you get on the road, I want you just to listen to worship music. I like to listen to sports radio. So I'm like, Lord, i got to drive like three and a half hours, I, you know? 
I can't do that. But I did. I turned it on. And then when I got off of 94, and I was praying in the Spirit, and you know, I'm being spiritual, and I'm feeling... And he's with me. I mean, he's like, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And all of a sudden I hear him say, you know, as long as you're going to spend time with me, why don't you drive the speed limit? <laughs> Lord, I would rather fast. <laughs> I would rather give 20% this month in tithe. Well, maybe not. Maybe 15, maybe. I would rather do anything then drive the speed limit. Um, I, I don't have a fish sticker on my car. I don't have anything to identify that I even go to church on my car because I don't want somebody not going to heaven because of me. I'm awful. But I did it. I set my cruise at 55, slowed down. When the sign says it's going to be 45, I slowed down and oh, drove me nuts. But then, I got, you know, so, and you know how we are. We, we, and this is okay, okay? I feel like I love to talk about, especially where I know I fall short. Because, one, he already knows. I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. Normally he reminds me, uh, you didn't say that? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'll get it. I start to feel kind of like, see that, Lord? Set at 55. Want me to set it at 54 just to show you I can go a little further? <laughs> then there's a tractor. <laughs> okay, now I'm from Minneapolis, you know, live just outside the city. We don't have tractors. We do have people that like to drive in the fast lane at 40 miles an hour in a 60 mile an hour zone and in in Minnesota I don't know about here but the rules in Minnesota are if the posted speed limit is 60 it's actually 80 <laughs> everything's bumped by 20 if it has the black outline around the sign <laughs> or at least that's what I go by <laughs> so I'm feeling you know yes oh I feel good about this 30 miles an hour mm. What's he trying to get across to me? Be obedient. Listen to what I tell you. In everything. All things. Not just that. But it starts with that. Remember, we spent a lot of time in Psalm 139, or, or referring to Psalm 139, and in there, it talks about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So in other words, he knows how we're made. He knows what's in here. He knows me from day one. And he knows what's going to benefit me, and he knows what's going to hinder me. Right? Same thing with all of you. Yeah. You know, me and Tracy were talking about, um, when I talk to the kids a lot about uh, my son and what happened um, a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago, I lost my 20-year-old my son. Um, he was in the Marine Corps and he made a very silly mistake and he died. And we went through, uh, I can't even explain to you, dark beyond. If you've gone through that, lost a, a child or a loved one, you know what I'm talking about. 
and him guarding our hearts and him walking with us and him knowing what we needed at every given moment and the people that he needed to have around us and the family that he had to have around us. It's critical. My sister and my mom spent a whole month just, just lived with us and let us cry on them and do whatever we needed to do. But I was telling Tracy, I said, you know, I want these kids to understand about, you know, decisions and bad decisions and what they, and I'm like, and you know, and I was thinking about it, and I was praying about it, and I was like, Lord, I don't need to tell them that drugs are bad. They know that. Especially if they're spirit-filled, born-again Christians. Do I need to tell anybody in here that drugs are bad? Yes. We know, correct? Yes. Right. My example that I gave is, is, have you ever heard anybody say, alcohol saved my marriage? <laughs> no. And to reemphasize, well, if I like to drink beer, does that mean I'm going to hell? No. But what's God's best? What is his absolute best? If I decided to say, Lord, I don't care what you say, I am the speaker. I need to get there early so that I can prepare. I'm going to drive 75. Would I go to hell? Nope. But I'm not being obedient to what he's telling me to do. And if I'm not being obedient in the little things, how am I ever going to be obedient when he calls me to something bigger? Because see, here's, here's the catch, or here's the, here's the focus that we need to understand. We are not called to just be here influencing our immediate surroundings. This church is physically in Phillips. It is not here to influence Phillips. <laughs> and I was talking to these guys this morning. I said, I just had a, a, a picture of ton. I mean, I, not even a number of people all here. You're not just here for Phillips. You're here for every surrounding community and further but we have to follow his lead and his guide and do it step at a time. If we do that, we will get there. When my son passed away, we had numerous people tell us something good's going to come out of this. And we believed it. We, I mean, we believed it. We didn't feel it. <laughs> you know, somebody tells you, oh, something good's going to come out, and you just want to slap them. You know, yeah. Come here for a second. Hey, you're right. <laughs> I feel better. Sorry, just being honest. One of our very close friends, one of the first things she said to us, she came over like within hours, and she said, okay, listen. And she gathered our family together, and, and I thought, oh, she's going to have something deep to say. And she gathered us together, and she goes, don't listen to stupid people. Right? Remember? Yeah. And she wasn't calling them stupid, but what's that? Something like that happens, we don't know what to say. You know, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, I know that. My favorite one is, how are you doing? <laughs> I don't swear. I don't, I mean, I don't think my kids, have you ever, have I ever, you ever heard me swear? 
<laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, you know, it's a discipline thing to me. I just, you know. But I wanted to swear and say, horse bleat, how do you think I feel? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, we have to understand that when, when we're in a situation like that, our foundation is everything. The fact that the way that he attacked me and telling me, well, you know what? It's your fault. You were bad. You weren't a very good parent. And I would be looking through my old photos and I would see pictures of my family and I wasn't in the picture. And the enemy starts saying, well, see, you were traveling. You were teaching when that happened. Oh, yeah, see that picture? You weren't in that one either because you weren't there. You weren't a very good parent. Your son, you, he, your son needed you and you were gone. Right? He knows where to try to get us. And luckily I had the support around me that I could say how I felt and they would either shoot it down or they knew how to pray for me and make sure that that didn't take root because it never took root. Because we have to understand, that's the enemy's goal. Remember we talked about this, right guys? His goal is to either destroy you. That's number one. He doesn't want you here. He doesn't want you on this planet. That's number one. He wants to destroy you. If he can't destroy you, he wants to limit or take away your ability to be an impact for him. Not for the devil, for God. If he can take away your ability to impact other kids, other adults, for God, he's one. So when he came at my family, that was his goal. He says, all right, I got one out of the way. And after this happened, you know, we had his funeral right in the middle of COVID. You guys heard of COVID? Did you have COVID up here? <laughs> That's the first time I've said that word this weekend because I'm like, I'm not even giving that any yeah. credit for anything. Um, we had over 700 people in our church for his funeral. I don't know, we had tons more watching online. But the stories that we started to hear, one of his fellow Marines that met him when they went to church together while they were in boot camp, said he impacted me we had others that said he impacted us he told us about and so I was like now I know why the enemy was after him but he's not done with that see whatever it is in your life that he's trying to get to you with or he's trying to work on you or he's trying to tell you understand it's because he knows that God has a plan for your life and it doesn't matter if you're 10 50 or 70 it's irrelevant. So he can do anything at any given time to impact this world. But the enemy knows that's his only chance. And all he can do is suggest. He has no power over us. He can drop suggestion and that's it. It's what we do with it. So guarding our hearts and guarding our minds is critical. I can honestly tell you that during that entire situation, I never doubted 
God. I doubted me. I never doubted him. I asked him a lot of questions. <laughs> Why couldn't you have done this? Why didn't this happen? Why? But I never said, I don't believe you're good. I don't believe in you. I don't. Never. Because my foundation, and that's why, and this is just coming to me now, that's why I eventually got peace. Because I kept standing on my foundation. And like we did yesterday, you know, we said, well, you know, when the devil tries to talk to you, look down at him. Because he ain't above us, he's below us. And then I was wearing black shoes all weekend, so I, I did, you know, I got a little nicer shoes today. So, but we need, you know, I'm like, <clears throat> that gets you with that shoe too. Stomp on his head. He's got no place. He can't do anything to you. The main thing that he focused on as I was driving up here was love. He just kept saying, tell him I love him. I'm like, okay, really? I mean, that's not like, you know, awe-inspiring. That's not like, oh my goodness, I've never heard that word before. That's really simple, God. Give me something to show you know, your power. And and like every five minutes or so, I just because I'll just I just drive and pray in the spirit. Just you know, just keep going. And he kept saying, "Tell him I love him." Okay. And when I got here and we started the service, there was like this. It was literally like a rain. It was like, oh man, he just. He loves us. And it's not the world's love. You know, it says in the word, for God so loved the world. The world means everybody in it. The people who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, masks, no masks. Sorry, I just had to get that out because I think we need to hear that. Because I'm telling you right now, all right, we'll get there. Um, the world's love is very distorted. You know, we talked a lot about how we need to understand how the enemy works, so we know he's going to try to destroy us. But he's going to take everything that's good and try to turn it into bad. Right? Everything that's good, he's going to try to twist into bad. So he's taken love and really messed with it. You know, my my example to the kids yesterday was, you know, they had the TV shows, The Bachelor and all this. And the guy's like, I don't know what to do. I'm in love with two of them. <laughs> First of all, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I was going to say one wife is enough, but, you know, I have to go home. <laughs> oh, no, so if she's watching, I'm out of trouble. I'm in trouble now. I'll know when we get home. <laughs> How come the code's changed? <laughs> That's not love. That's lust. He's tried to turn this from love into everything but true love. True love is all about commitment. True love is wanting the best for everybody else but you. And that's hard. 
That's really hard. That's why I think there's so many pictures in the Bible of his love for us, and he compares it to being married. Because he constantly is pointing out to me, especially, the areas that I'm not very good at that with my wife. And I'm like, well, it's her fault. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not. I might as well just stay in the garage. (laughs) But the world says love is this. But it's not. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave kind of an average gift. Because he knew there's some of us like me who were going to screw up a lot, so I didn't really know if I deserved his best. So he just kind of gave just something kind of normal. No. He gave his only Son. Now I can tell you right now, I know the value of that. Because I only had one son. And as much as I love everybody in this room, I would pick my son over you. I didn't mention that I am a hairdresser, so I'm very emotional. I like to cry. I did pretty good this weekend, though, I think. You, on the other hand. We can get along. We can. (laughs) His one and only son, that whosoever, again, kind of like that word, the world, whosoever means everybody, that believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We've said that verse, we've repeated it, we've seen it at football games. How how do we get that into our hearts and understand that that's true love? That's the love that's not replaceable. Nobody can love us that way but Him. Because He knows all of our mistakes. That's huge. That's a life changer. That changes you forever. But God, you can't use me for that because remember what I did? And he looks at it and he goes, no. And that's how he, like, he loves to talk to me sarcastically because I'm very sarcastic. And the Holy Spirit, if you have a relationship, like a young man was asking me, you know, I want to be closer to God. I just don't know how to do it. I said, talk to him. Okay, well, I go to church. Said, no, 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 no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Talk to him. Just I said, just like we're talking. Just talk to him. You will develop a relationship and you will start to see the character of the Holy Spirit. Because he's a person and he will talk to you. And Jesus said, I must go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. But he also called him the comforter. And he also said that he will share knowledge with you. That sounds like somebody I need to get to know. But when he talks to me, he knows how to get to me, so he acts like me. It's a tough job, but (laughs) that's how he'll talk to me. Get to know him. Talk to him while you're driving. 
You know, I love it. The you know phones and all the technology is fantastic and it's great. So, but our constant response when we talk about our Bible reading time and I like to, I still, I do. You saw I use my phone, kids. I use my phone right for the Bible most of the weekend. I didn't stumble. My man back there, we you know we're new to this kind of stuff. I switched from a Samsung to an Apple phone. And again, yeah, see, I am impressing some of the kids over here. I like that. <laughs> Trying to look younger. Again, like I said, I don't, I don't like to swear. There are a lot of times where I've been contemplating that. But I like to read. I like the book. I just something about it. It's like, yeah, this is mine. Right? When I go to church, I just bring my, my phone, but... You know, that's the way I like to do it. If I need to know something, I go in here. And here's something cool. I started Googling some things, and I want to share a couple of these with you. Um, because uh, the one of the predominantly strong messages that God was telling me about this weekend goes right in line with what Pastor Jason was saying about he's in the room. Because I thought, oh, that's so good. But it's our perception. Perception equals reception. How we perceive a situation, a statement, anything is going to affect how we receive it. So when I perceive what he said about he's in the room, if I limit my thinking to human side of it, Jason's in this room right now. So am I. I'm going to go home. Jason will still be here in this room. I will not be. The Holy Spirit is everywhere all the time. He's in your house. He's in your bedroom. He's in your car. He's at your job. You don't know where I work. There's no Christians there. Here's the beautiful thing. He doesn't get offended. You can't offend the Holy Spirit. You know, he's not like, oh, I have to leave. I cannot. I am the Holy Spirit. I cannot be. Nope. I have a. a, a I don't like to call it a vision because it's just a picture more of when my son was was dying. Of him, the father sitting next to him. And just peacefully sitting with him as it happened, and then escorting him right to heaven and that is like that gives me that peace and it grows stronger every day because there was a time where if I just said my son I would just fall <laughs> just fall apart and trust me there are still days but understanding that my perception of what really happened there is what's going to affect me going forward. And I refuse to let him stop me from doing whatever it is I'm supposed to do. Amen. We had, I don't know how many kids did we have receive Christ? 30. About 30 kids the first night come up here and accept Christ. And I went over to Allie, who was Lorenzo's fiance, and I said, Allie, I said, that's part of what the good is. We just kicked the devil in the face. That was huge. 
but it's all based on what we're perceiving is going to happen because it affects how we receive. So you need to understand when it says pray without ceasing. Well, my old, my, I was going to say it, my sister Lori, I'm not going to even bring up the age because I am the oldest <laughs> in my family. Are you guys happy now? Are you happy? Yeah. Because I misspoke and it sounded like I was trying to be younger than I really am. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say you can have those things that you speak, right? I like name it and claim it. That sounds good to me. <laughs> she said, don't say pray. Sometimes when we say pray, we get this, she says, just say talk. Like, oh, that's so good. So I underlie, I put it in my notes, and I was like, talk to him. Because prayer is just communication. So we can communicate any way we possibly can. Well, I just talk to him. You should talk to him every day. When you wake up, the first thing you should do when you wake up, say, morning, God. Why not? Well, what if he's still sleeping? I'm guessing he's not. <laughs> what if it's too early? That's not a problem either. <laughs> Again, that's that. Remember when we talked about understanding. That's our understanding. We need to learn to get out of here and understand he's out there in our knowledge we cannot figure out how our bodies function our doctors as good as our as our medical is we cannot our brain we have no idea I mean you know they're just scratching the surface of its ability that's because it was created by God and you know he's everything the universe they're discovering is expanding like non-stop. It just keeps going. Well, he never said stop. He said, let there be light. And he said that. And, it, you know, why would we think it would stop? Our perception is going to affect our reception. It's going to affect what we're going to believe and listen to when he talks to us. When he talks to me and says, I want you to do this, I'm like, yeah, but Father, I can't. And then he says, I know. All he asked was for me to be obedient. I told you that, smiles. I told you that, smiles. Just smile. I saw her smile on the first night, and I was like, oh, there was power in that smile. See, this is simple things. Let's talk about what, what has really been going on the last couple of years. Does anybody doubt the power of the church anymore? The last two and a half years was entirely designed to take the church out. He does not want us, the enemy of our soul does not want us gathering together. Why? Because there's power in that. He can't stop that. And it's accelerated power. Does that make sense? So when we're on our own, you're anointed. When you go somewhere, you're anointed. You can do anything. But if there's 50 of you, <laughs> look out. The church is the target. Relationships are the target. 
the perception we have of each other right now, and I'm not talking about you guys, I'm talking about the general world. We need, like I said, we need to get bigger. We need to, we need to understand that our battle is not with people. It's not people. Because remember what I said, for God so loved the world, that includes all the people in the world. All of them. The Iranians, the Russians, Putin, all of them. That's a hard one to swallow. See, now when I'm at my home church, I speak to the first through fifth graders. I, I work with them every other week. And I tell them that God loves everybody but Packer fans. So I really can't say that here. Because <laughs> there might be like, my wife might go, where's your dad? <laughs> well, there's a lot of lakes up there. <laughs> We're not sure where he is. <laughs> Relationships. He wants those relationships. Because if we devalue life and relationships, then he can get stronger. He's been after devaluing life for years. He's just put an accelerator on it now. Why? Because we ain't long for this place. If you're not looking, <laughs> if you're not aware... The way that the world just, and, and everybody just fell in the line and did exactly what they told us to do, whether it made sense or not, doesn't mean I love any of those people any less, but it's showing me, hey, get ready. The battle's begun. It's no surprise, we should not have been surprised that they shut us down for two months, said stay home. And people, what did they do? They stayed home. They watched TV. They watched, looked on their phones. They listened to the radio, whatever they like to do. But they were home, not getting any extra encouragement. What were they listening to? This is bad. This is really bad. Now, thankfully, our media is honest and they don't blow things out of proportion. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> we should not be surprised that we have, I have uh, guests in my business that they still don't leave their homes. And here's, here's the part of this that really woke me up. I have a few that were CEOs um, of very large companies. Uh, Thomson Reuter is enormous worldwide. And this guy was like one of their top people. His territory that he was in charge of, Asia. Not one city. <laughs> the whole, he was a million mile flyer on three different airlines. Intelligent, intelligent man. Did not leave his house. He came to my son's funeral, came. He says, I had to come and make sure you were okay. He gave me a hug and he left. He did not leave his house again for like two or three months. Fear is powerful. But what gets rid of fear? Love. Perfect love casts out fear. Peace. If we're standing on 
our feet of peace. We're not wavered by this. The enemy's mission was to separate us, plant fear, and destroy relationships, and destroy the church. He's trying to go for it. He ain't going. See, I cheated. I read the end of the book. <laughs> we win. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So we have to understand what his tactics are so we can counteract them. That's why when I was telling this young lady, I don't even know your name. What's your name? Kamara. Kamara. When I was telling her to smile, that's so important. We'll be walking through the stores when we would go to shop, and you know we had to wear a mask, and, and we're walking through the store, and I'm with my wife. My wife is she's incredible. She's ministering to a lot of the Marines that my son was serving with. Um, the lieutenant colonel will communicate with her. Allie's doing the same thing with many of them. And the devil don't know what he did. He really screwed up this time. But what is happening is people are not warming up or talking or spending time or letting other people communicate with them. Why? Because we want to influence them for God. The devil don't want that. The devil wants you to not talk to him at all. So we'd be walking around the store and with our masks on, and she, I'd be walking next to her, and she goes, quit smiling at people. They can't see you. Because <laughs> I'm always trying to say hi and talk to everybody or, you know, We'll be talking about jelly, or you know, it's, it's in my nature. I, that's just the way I am, you know. She's like, um, I want to go home. Okay. <laughs> Understand what he's doing and counteract it. We are the body of Christ. We're not going to put up with this. He can't win. Trust in him. Trust is a firm belief. I had everybody, uh, we all stood up, and then they sat back down. And I said, do you realize you just had unconditional, unwavering trust in that chair? Nobody went to sit down and looked at the chair and went, I don't know, is it going to hold me? No, you sat down on the chair. Why? Because you trust the chair. It should be the same way with God. Something happens, pfft, it's not my fault, or it's... it's yeah, let me rephrase that. It is my fault. <laughs> if there's somebody to blame, that's something else. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I think this is really important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start wrapping this up. Um, just like when the enemy attacked me about my son, said it's your fault. You misstepped. Somebody said something to me yesterday. We were talking and... and um, was taking blame for something that had happened in their family. And I instantly just like just burst out of my heart, it's not your fault. If you are in a tough situation right now, kids, if there's something going on that you're struggling with, it's not your fault. Maybe you made a wrong decision, but you know how to turn that around. But once you turn it around, once you say, Father, forgive me, I should not have done that. I'm going to change my direction. Let it go. 
let it go. Because it's not your fault after that. It, you've corrected your course, you've changed, let it go. Adults, we're the same way, just we've done it more times. <laughs> I always tell the Lord, I said, you know, if you're gonna, you want me to do something, you can't just tell me. You eventually got to drop a mallet on my head. Because I'm a little hard-headed. I don't necessarily get it the first time, or the second, or the third, or the fourth. Adults, it's not your fault. Change direction. Tell him. Say, Father, I know I did this wrong. I know what you were telling me. I just didn't listen. I'm giving it back to you. But then the hard part about that, right, is our thinking. Because about a week later, okay, I heard you. Good gracious. <laughs> Our thinking gets in the way. And we start bringing it up, right? Oh, Father, I'm still dealing with this problem because of that mistake I did over here. And then, like I said, in that sarcastic voice, he says, what mistake? Oh. Are you schizophrenic? Did you forget? Did you change your mind? What, you know? going on it's not your fault if anybody could have froze up and stopped what he was called to do I think King David probably could have when he got called out said you are that man He could have spent the rest of his kingdom saying, oh, we're never going to be successful. We can't do anything now because I screwed up. We're never going to get to this, the spot we're supposed to be because I remember what I did. Because trust me, nobody around him ever brought it up. That was sarcastic, in case you didn't catch it. Nope. He got on his face before God. He humbled himself. And when they said that his child was dead, he arose and celebrated, basically, and praised God. Boy, that's a hard one. Basically, he got up and said, okay, it's not my fault. It's over. What's next? That's for all of us. He died on that cross. And we're coming up to Easter. This is our favorite time, right? And do we have that image? Can we put that image up that I had uh, of, of the cross? If they can, great. I never told them I was going to put anything up. But You want to see the picture of perfect love. Look at all the pictures of like the passion of the Christ. You know, when Mel Gibson came out with that, everybody was all freaking out about it. And they're like, oh my goodness, it's so gross. Um, that doesn't even touch what he went through. 
And, you know, let's, um, we can bring up the we can bring up the uh, worship team too. I'm, I'm picking on Tara now. I'm getting her working. The worship team can come up too. If you have that picture, that's great. If you don't, that's all right because I'll talk about it. Either way. Because I want you to get a perception of what love is and what he did. It's like Lisa said when she was speaking. We're coming from a place of victory. When we're in a battle, we're in the battle. But our vision and our perception and our thinking should be victory. Yeah, but what about people that don't? You know, I mean, that's happened, right? Christians have died. You don't know what they saw. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I said, you know what? If I was in a battle and I saw a vision of heaven and I crossed over for a minute, see you bye. <laughs> I ain't coming back. <laughs> Not unless he forces me to. You don't know what people see. This is a fight. I'm gonna, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. But my perception and my vision is going to be that. When he said it was finished, he didn't even look that good. It says that he was beaten to the point and cut up to the point of you could not recognize him. People, his own, they did not know who is that. Think about that. And here's the crazy, this is the part that sometimes I cannot, well, I won't be able to grasp it because again, it's not, it's not going to fit in here. He did all of that with the power of knowing all I got to do is say, Father, I'm done. Wipe them out. And it had been over. There'd be no hope for us. He was on that cross. Not only was he on, he was, they stripped him. You know, all the pictures are pretty. They keep him with a little cloth. He didn't have any clothes on. They humiliated him. They beat him and said, Get, figure out which one of us did it. And we're upset because somebody hurt our feelings. I feel really shallow right now. <laughs> I'm upset because somebody said something I didn't like. I'm upset because my job won't, doesn't appreciate me enough. He did that. If you have an infirmity in your body, he did that. And it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, the plans for good. I know what I have planned for you. This was part of the plan. And one um, uh, uh, translation says, and an expected end. And for a while I was like, well, I mean, it sounds good, but I didn't really get it. But then I saw it. It was my picture of my son.
Jesus was there. And he just loved him. He still tells us to make the choices. We have to make those decisions. But even if we don't, even if we make that mistake, he is still there. And he sat there with my boy and just held his hand. And he knew all this was going to happen when he was there. That's why he did it. I hate to tell you that the understanding that I had for his love for me was not that clear until this happened. But boy, I tell you, I could, it's clear now. And you don't need something awful to happen to you to understand. Take this and, and, and use it. He did that no matter what we do wrong to assure that we go to heaven. He went straight from this earth to eternity. That is so incredible. So I'm going to have everybody stand up. And when I when we came into this weekend, I had not I had talked to Tara a lot about this. I said I didn't want this to be uh, all about my boy. I didn't want it to be a memorial to my kid. Um, I actually had not written down anything about my son. God just started saying, I want you to talk about it. And I told him I didn't want to <laughs> because this is what happens. <laughs> he says, that's what I need you to do. He loves you. If I came up here to just say that, I could come up, I would drive from anywhere to say, you know what? He loves you. And there isn't a mistake that you can do that would keep him from loving you any less. So I feel like if we have anybody here who has not accepted Christ, we may not, and that's okay, but I feel like I need to offer this. If you're wondering, I would love to have you come up here and pray with you. And it's really easy to know because it says all we have to do is believe. I don't have to do anything special, just believe. And he cry, will cry out, Abba, Father, we know in here, we know when we're going to heaven. I have no doubt of where I'm going when this life is over. And I apologize to God a lot. I said, because I can't wait to see you, Father, but I am going to be peeking over your shoulder. <laughs> Where's my kid? I want to see him too. If you don't feel that, come up here. We'll all pray with you. I'll just give it a minute.
God orchestrated this entire weekend, all of it, just for you. He would do it just for you. He did that even if you were the only person. You still would have done that. He loves you so much. So we're all going to say this prayer. And just say it from your heart. And it's not about a magical prayer. It's about you believing it. Does that make sense? All you got to do is believe it. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Let's all repeat this. Say, Father... Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And raising again from the dead. So that I may have everlasting life. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I will, with the best of my ability, follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get a shout, man. Heaven's shouting right now. So now I, 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 you were here this weekend too, right? Okay, so like I said to the other people who came and received Christ, don't let anything come in and tell you, oh, well, you didn't say the prayer right, so now you're not going to heaven. Okay, because we know where that's coming from. You know how you deal with that, right? Lift up your left foot. Just like that. Say, shut up. Because that's what he's going to try to do. He's going to say, well, we don't, we don't buy that. We don't, be, we, don't, we don't buy into that at all. We know where we're going now. Hmm. Awesome. To everybody else, um, geez, I didn't uh, say thank you or anything but yet, but Jason, it took a lot of faith to let me up here, because <laughs> you know me. You were the head of security. You knew a lot of what was going on. <laughs> I said that to Jason Buck. I said, I bet you you went into intercessory prayer when you found out it was me. <laughs> You're what? Hey, God can use anybody. And he wants to. Yes. We just got to listen. But, you know, let's just finish this out with, I feel like whenever we finish a service, a lot of times just that a few minutes, a song or two of just absorbing what we heard, what we needed to hear. Some of this stuff, some of you didn't need to hear. But there's always something. His Holy Spirit's always got to, it's like when we said we had an appointment for this weekend. Well, he's been preparing you for this weekend months ago even everybody who goes to church here he was preparing you for every time you come in here he's got something for you let's seal it shall we let's just take a few minutes of worship and praise and just seal that into our hearts I am so grateful for the opportunity to get to, to come up here Miss Tara you're incredible Ms. Michelle Hunter eh, you know <laughs> Real, real quick, yep. reach your hands out. Uh, Allie, Marina, come up. Come up here with us. I, I guess first I want to say this. Thank, thank you for sowing into us. Thank you, all of you, 
Now, Father, we just declare in the name that's above every name. Father, we declare that no evil shall befall them, no plague come nigh their dwelling. That you would send your angels to take charge over them and keep them, protect them, all that they are and all that they do. Father, we thank you for the ministry that they have been given. Father, I thank you by leaps and bounds, by their willingness to just do this conference, that God, you open continued doors of ministry, of opportunity, and more importantly, advancement of the kingdom through them, Father. Father, we thank you for health and healing from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Father, we thank you not only for their body health and healing, but their minds, their soul, their spirit. God, we thank you you are covering them in Jesus' name, in the name that's above every name. We declare Jesus. God, we thank you for the love that pours out over them in Jesus' name. Safe travels as they go home. Safe travels everywhere they go. Supernatural blessing on his business, Father, as he continues to, to minister and do it for you, Father. We thank you again for this awesome weekend, this appointment. And God, we thank you that this, this family was willing to say yes to the appointment as well. And we'll be forever changed. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Nothing is better than 
nothing better <laughs> anything else is light there's nothing better in the presence of the Lord there's nothing better than the truth that Jesus died rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us there's nothing better there's nothing better to all of our church people, I just want you guys to recognize and see what you prayed into. They all sat today where they sat all weekend on purpose to show you the rows. This is just one church of ten that were here. The rows that you chose to pray for. They're real people. Thank, say thank thank you let's just say thank you just thank you thank you very much okay but I want to say thank you to all of the word of life family churchers can, can you guys just give them just a big hand treasures in heaven but they helped just with baking cleaning coffee making carpet installation all that back there that's all new carpet since we knew you guys were coming we wanted to have the best for you so there's new carpet but just so many things I, I don't even I can't even say everything I can't even think of everything um 
you know, just making sure the parking lot is plowed and like thank you to Joe. Like just everyone has a has a part, has a place. And <laughs> truly, your life makes a difference. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? I also want to thank Victory Church for worshiping with us today. Awesome. Thank you. So much so that we'll be here again next week. Come on back. It's okay. <laughs> I know Pastor Thompson, Pastor Kerry, and all that, they wouldn't like that. But nevertheless, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege uh, for you guys to be here. Thank you so much. You're part of the family, uh, extended family. So. Anyway, we appreciate it very much. And I also want to say a big appreciation to Pastor Tara, Miss Tracy, for all of their hard work and dedication. That I've just been able to kick back and let them do everything. It's been awesome. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, I just want to say thank you so much. And Tom, yeah, beyond, beyond measure. Marina. Ali, every you know, it's just, it's just been right. It's just been, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just been amazing. So, all right, you're a blessing. Um, they'll probably sing a song on the way out, but I just want to say a blessing over you. You are blessed and highly favored. God is smiling on you. He loves you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Go in peace. Go knowing this, that God is for you, not against you. In fact, he goes before you. He goes after you. He goes beside you. He's all around you. Everything you put your hand to prospers in Jesus' name. You are blessed when you come in, and you are blessed when you go out in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.